I am very, very happy this morning to be with you all. My spirit was stirred very much coming here to worship with you. And uh, my heart is flooded with joy to be with you and see all the children of God gathered to worship the Lord. I am very, very blessed. I want to thank you, Pastor Byron, Byron and Mrs. Byron. <laughs> and all of you for letting me come and stand before you and to present the work what we are doing. And I see many faces here that has come to India and minister for us. Marlene, Paula here, and then Brother Ryan, Micah, uh, Debbie, and Tom. I'm very happy. You know, hundreds of hundreds, maybe thousands, have been blessed through your prayers and your giving and sending them over through this last uh, over six years now that oh, so many, so many young people's lives have been changed. Now they are reaching out for the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We are very, very happy for you, church, for standing behind us. I'm also very happy to see my two daughters and their families. I'm enjoying this day with them, you know. Beautiful place. No one will go hungry in their homes. You know. <laughs> I'm very uh, thankful to God that the Lord has blessed them. And uh, they also help us as much as they can for the work going on there. And uh, uh, as this, uh, this is a worship service, I want to share a thought with you now. I'm looking for my glass in my pocket with uh, the glass here. <laughs> I want to read a verse from the Bible for you this morning that's taken from the Book of Deuteronomy, chapter 3, verse 11. I will read it to you. Deuteronomy, chapter 3, verse 11. For only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of the giants, indeed, his bedstead was an iron bedstead. Is it not in Rabbath of uh, the people of Ammon? Nine cubits its length, and the four cubits its width, according to the standard cubit. Here what you see is a big king. There is a description of the bed he slept on. Big bed. A man at least nine feet tall and three feet wide. And he was a big giant king. 
You know what he did? He didn't want the people of God to enter the land, of the promised land, enter the land of Canaan. He didn't want God's people uh, to go and take possession of the land. Similarly, in our lives, there are many giants coming against us through sickness, poverty, financial trouble, family problems, giant problems like this man. You know, the devil, he doesn't want the people uh, to go and take their possessions which the Lord has in store for us. There is a great blessing, you know. I want to challenge you, even though this man was nine feet tall and three feet wide, big man, he couldn't stop the people of God to enter the land of Canaan, you know. You know, we have a great God. He's a mighty God. He's a powerful God. And nothing is impossible for him. I have that in my experience. I'm telling you. I was a school teacher. I uh, mentioned that in the <coughs> video. I was a school teacher. And uh, I taught the school system for eight years. It is through a man from Australia who came to my village to tell me about Jesus. That's why where I got saved, you know. This man took time to come all the way from Australia to tell me about Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. He said, Jesus Christ came into this world to die for the sins of man and that he can give peace. This word peace stuck my heart. I didn't have that peace in my heart. I felt miserable. I didn't know what I am living for. But praise God. Sometimes I went to movie theaters with some friends. I come home and try to sleep. And I wouldn't sleep. I will roll, I will roll this way and that way. But I see on that screen will reel back. But on that day, God, Jesus, came to my life. And he was in my heart. On that day, I slept like a little child. I had peace. The real peace, you know. The enemy will try to hinder. The enemy will try to, try to destroy. You know, when Moses, he had a stammering tongue, but he was kind of made excuses to go and speak to the king, the pharaoh. But he was promised that it's I sending you. He said, let my people go. Let my people go and worship their God. But Pharaoh wouldn't let them go. The enemy is after us 
to hinder, to give us hindrance in many ways, you know. But, you know, despite all the hindrances, the children of God crossed the Red Sea, crossed the River Jordan. Our God is a mighty God. If he is calling you, he will ne never let you down, you know. When, you know, <clears throat> after eight years, I, I kept praying, and the Lord wanted to do uh, better. I mean, I taught school, but that, was, that is satisfying. But where I taught school, many huts. People lived in poverty. People, sick people. Uh, bronchitis and scabies and many diseases. It was a fishing community. Very poor people, you know. I prayed and one day I had a call as Isaiah heard. Whom shall I send? Who will go for me? I said, I will go. I resigned my job and bought a lot of tracts. We still have a large tract ministry, you know, literature ministry. Bought a, a lot of tracts and in the villages, I, myself and some others, went door to door witnessing about Jesus Christ. Some people got healed for their physical bodies and um, we taught them how to better manage the finances, how to, how to be clean, hygienic. You know, people, many Hindus, lots of Hindu, young men and women came to know the Lord because of that, you know. That door-to-door -door witnessing. Now, I had a problem. I shared, perhaps I shared this with you before. I had a problem. Until that time, I had a salary coming every month. But now, when I resigned the job, there's no money coming. I worked among Hindus, mostly poor Hindus. There was no money. I had a real hard time. A real hard time. I had an old bicycle on which I traveled many miles a day in the hot sun. I feel very thirsty and I want to drink something. I have no money to buy a tea. Sometimes my bicycle blew up a tire and I don't have the money to replace that tire. We had a very hard time, you know. We didn't know how to go forward. The enemy was trying to discourage. At that time, by the grace of God, a man from England came to preach in our state. He was having a campaign at the state capital of Trivandrum, and I was his interpreter. I translated because I taught English in school. So I was invited to translate his messages. This man was a great man of faith. In his meetings, I saw in my life for the first time people getting healed, you know. There came a man with... Uh, uh, he was sent out from the medical college. He had 
cancer in the skull and pus was coming out but at his prayer the man was completely healed i saw that in my in my eyes in front of my eyes that was a great boost you know this man said i never have seen such a powerful ministry he said in one meeting there are three people here in that night night meeting there are three people here who are contemplating to commit suicide tonight he didn't say who they who they are but three people sprang up they stood up and said i was going to commit suicide and now i believe that i have hope in god i saw that in my front, in, in front of my eyes you know this is happening so he said there was a conference going to be in painton england it would be good for you uh, to come and attend that conference you know by the way that conference was called the rivers of life <laughs> that conference was called the rivers of life i forgot about it but one day i got an air ticket in mail to fly from cochin to bombay bombay london london bombay and back to cochin an air ticket there was only the ticket there was not even a letter in that envelope only this air ticket you know we had paper tickets at that time now it's all electronic you know paper tickets the conference date was very near <coughs> i didn't know what to do i had no money to get to the airport and there is an airport departure tax which i didn't have money i wanted to leave some money uh, to my, to lc to buy groceries but i didn't have any money therefore the conference date was very near so therefore i went to someone and borrowed 50 dollars 50 dollars was a big money at that time for me you know i borrowed 50 dollars 50 dollars and when i got that money i told him as soon as i get to england i will send your money back here that conference you know over a thousand people there worshiping god dancing singing praising there i had a teaching god is our father we are his children so we have every right for our needs to be met Amen. that was a good thought because you know until that time when i we had poverty i thought that poverty is a symbol of holiness you know after all jesus christ didn't have a change of clothing and he had no place to lay his head so poverty is a symbol of holiness it's not so we have a great god we have a father in heaven he knows our needs you know that was a that changed my mind altogether you know we shouldn't live like beggars or 
you know, in poverty, when there can be poverty, but the Lord can help us overcome it, you know. So, after the conference, I went to the missionary's home to stay there for a few days. And then, uh, the devil started. You, you said, uh, you are going to send uh, that $50 back to home, and who is going to give you money? You have no money. See what kind of a mess you have come up because you had a job. And now, see, you say, you say that Jesus, is Christ, Jesus Christ is the only God. And now, see, the devil was jeering at me, you know. The devil was coming after me, you know. But there's something that thought that God is our father. And we are his children. So we have every right for our needs to be met. I took a step of faith, a bold step. I took a piece of paper. On that paper, I wrote, Herewith, I send your $50 back. I had no money. I wrote on that paper, Herewith, I send your $50 back. I took an envelope and wrote that envelope, his address, and walked with that envelope to the post office. There was a post office nearby. When I got into the, near the post office, in front of many people waiting in lines, but I had no reason to get into that line. You know, I didn't have the money to put the that envelope, off, you know. I came out. It was a busy sidewalk there, people. It's sort of a downtown, you know. And people walking up and down. I said, I came out of that post office. I went in and stepped out. <laughs> I stood in front of the post office and said, Lord, I am now in your service. I came because you called me for the Lord's work. So I have to have this $50, so I said. I have to have this $50. I took my envelope and stood, uh, raised this like this in front of that busy sidewalk. I walked up and down with my envelope. Thank you, Lord, for that $50. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for that $50 in this envelope. I walked a long time. I didn't care what people thought. They probably thought that I have something wrong here, you know, walking in this envelope. But I didn't care. They don't know me anyway. So, <laughs> it doesn't matter. So, I walked a long time. And nothing happened. But that was good exercise for me on that day. Good exercise. I came home. Then when I came home, Pam Greenwood, the lady of the house, told me that I'm invited for some uh, refreshment in a house. I said, we will go. And we went. The, the lady's name was, she's not living now, Grace Aldrich. Grace. She said, <coughs> after having tea, she said, there is an envelope on the table. Would you take that envelope with you when you go? I saw my name written, Papi Daniel, on the envelope, but I was kind of embarrassed to look at that time, open, 
So I came home and opened the envelope. It was exactly $50. Exactly $50. Not one more, not one less. Then I thought that I should have asked the Lord for a hundred dollars. <laughs> what I asked was what I got. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I still had a problem. You know what that is? I cannot put that money in the envelope and send it like this. It could be lost or stolen. So I wanted to buy some postal orders and then put stamps on it. Anyway, again, I walked to the post office with that envelope. I had the money, but no money to buy the <laughs> postal order, you know. <laughs> anyway, I decided to walk to the post office again. When I was nearing the post office, an elderly lady came across me. She had many grocery bags in her hand. And when she saw me, she said, son, would you help me with these bag bags to my car? I said, I would be very happy to. I took some of her bags and uh, walked with her to the car. I put the groceries in at the back of the car. When I was leaving, she put a five pounds currency in my pocket. <laughs> oh, praise God. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. I jumped up and down and went to the post office, bought the post order, put the stamps. I still had some change in my pocket. <laughs> Praise God. I went back home. Here, I was again on that old bicycle. So that thought, God is my father. And I have every right for my needs to be met. So I, I told God, I came home weary and tired. I had no money in my pocket to eat something or buy a drink. I came home very tired. Then I knelt down and told God, I cannot go on like this. I, to ha I have to have a car. A car is very expensive at that time. Here I don't have the money to buy a bicycle tire. And I am asking for a car, you know. Very expensive. But I want to tell you this. Our God is a faithful God. He knows the needs of his children. We prayed, you know, we had a, I had two daughters here. We have one daughter. And one day, Jane, her name, she came and asked me, Daddy, we are going to that place. How are we going? I said, Daughter, don't you see an ash-colored ambassador? That's an Indian-made car. Uh, in front of our house? Are you kidding? There's no car there. But I said, Daughter, I believe that the Lord has given us a car. The car was not there. But I want to tell you this. One day, the Lord did some miracle and we got a car exactly the color and make we had asked for. Praise God. Praise God. 
One day, we didn't know uh, where our next meal come from. But thank God, today, all my children, are they, they were educated. They are in, uh, settled in family life. Sometimes we didn't have proper food. We didn't have proper food. They, they were young at that time, you know. But praise God. Now we are serving 150 meals four times a day. Praise God. God is a faithful God. He is a faithful God. The enemy. Come, I mentioned this in the Friday night group, you know. When a man, you know, a preacher came. And I was his translator. A man came with him from France. He said, seeing the poverty of the children there. He said, I will help you care for some children. So at that time, we hired a house and put these 50, uh, 20 children, 20 children in the home and caring for her. But when he went back and he came back again to visit the children, you know what he did? He was a French businessman. One day, I saw him smoking in front of our children. I was very upset. I told him, he, he started to smoke in my house. I said, you cannot do that. And we can, I cannot allow you to smoke in front of our children because we are teaching them a clean life, a righteous life, not to pollute their bodies, you know. Because of that, this man stopped his support because I said this. The enemy was uh, uh, coming after me, you know. Well, see what kind of a mess you are now in. But praise God. Praise God. We cling on to God, you know. At that time, we had only 20. Now, we have over 100 children that we care for. Some children who came at the age of five uh, stayed with us, graduated from high school, from college, the university with a master's degree, teacher's degree, and they are teaching. And uh, uh, last year, five children, they went to nursing college and completed their training and they are now standing on their feet, you know. Praise God. Praise God. He's a mighty God. Mighty God. Nothing is impossible for him. So we thank God. We were door to door witnessing one day in the village. We went to a tiny hut and they said, Young boy was sitting in front of that house on the floor. He was he felt miserable. He had scabies all over his body. When uh, we asked, "Can we pray for you?" and he said, "No, I don't want to pray." He was miserable. Then his mother came out 
and said he's feeling very bad, don't care. We, I would like you to pray for him. <laughs> so uh, we prayed for him. And you know, within a week, he came looking for us. Because we left the trenches, you know, tracks in their house. Look, and he kept on coming. And then he graduated from high school. And he was very faithful in coming to worship. So I sent him to a Bible school in Bangalore. And he did his uh, Bible school training there. And had, I mean, he studied further. And uh, now he has a doctorate degree you know, in theology. And he's working among the university students in North India. See, a boy, very miserable, you know. No, I don't want to pray. But praise God when the God deals with anyone, you know. Then his mother got saved. His sisters all became Christians. And they are now strong witnesses of the Lord. So I want to challenge you this morning. No matter how the enemy is trying to hinder the growth of your life, don't get afraid. We have a great God. He will never let us down. You know, when, the, when we read the book of Joshua, uh, chapter 1, 5, uh, I think it is uh, Joshua chapter 1, the fifth verse. Be bold, be courageous, because no man will stand before you. No man can defeat you, because I am the one who is sending you to. He said, you know, when the people said they wanted to um, worship idols and the other strange gods, what he said is, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We need a Joshua generation. We need a Joshua generation to take a bold stand for God and reach out. I challenge you, young people, I'm very happy to see you. Because that man from Australia took time to come to my village and he preached the gospel to us. That's why I am here today. Otherwise I wouldn't be here. Because the Lord has a purpose in everything. And the Lord has a purpose for your life. So reach out and get blessed like Joshua was blessed. Make a stand. Stand for God. <clears throat> Witness to the college students, working places. If you sow the seed, it is going to bring some results. You know. If you sow the seed, it will produce some, uh, some fruits in the days to come. So I want to challenge you. Take a bold stand like Joshua did. In your life, no man can stand against you because he had a great God. And we have a great God too. We have a great God. So, take a, I mean, the man 
This giant was a big man. But it is God who called out his people. And one thing did possess the land of Canaan. We have a promised land. The Lord has promised us blessings. The Lord has promised us blessings. Take possession of that blessings. And reach out to God. And do what you can. While the well, still, it, it's still day before the night comes when no man can work. So the big, there were giants before too. But this man was the last giant. They had Og. He was a big man. He, was a, he had a big bed that he slept on. He thought that nobody can defeat him. But our God is a mighty God. A powerful God. And he will never let you down. You know. Praise God. Praise God. On that day, because that man from Australia came and told me about Jesus. I am here. Thousands of people. I am not exaggerating. Through the last 41 years, I am in the ministry. 41 years. The last 41 years, I have seen thousands of people accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior. I'm not accelerating, you know. Praise God. Lives are being changed. Our children, when they go to schools, they tell their teachers about the Lord. They take tracks, you know. You know, they, some children go to a school where the it's all Catholic sisters, you know, nuns who teach them. But even they take tracts and give it to them, you know. And they have to come to see me, you know, because of that. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Reach out to God. Reach out for blessings. Reach out for great things. You never can tell what the Lord can do with your life. So praise God, no matter how big the enemy may look, no matter how dark the circumstances may look, our God is mightier than any powers of this world, you know. Our God is a great God. And stand with him, take a bold step to go forward in the name of Jesus. No giants will defeat you. No giants can defeat you. Because your Lord, God is mightier than any powers of the world. You know. There have been times I have been perplexed, you know. How I will feed the children. How I will send them to school. They have been times of great trouble. But praise God, clinging to God. And clinging, clinging to his promises. The Lord has never let down. I praise God for you all who pray for me or the work there. I thank you for the team who have come in the past to help us. You are a first. It's worth all the time and money and time, you know, efforts. Because Lord is, God is changing young lives. You know, they, our children, when they go to working places, they make a stand for God. Make a stand for God. They are being examples. 
wherever they go. And people are coming to know the Lord because of their testimony. Even five years, you know, you have seen our children. You have seen our children. We train them in a way that even the five-year-olds, even the five-year-olds need to stand up, walk to the front, come to the platform, take the microphone and say something. Yeah. You know, they hear their older children saying, this new year, I am going to live for my God, you know. They hear that and they repeat it. <laughs> even the five-year-olds, you know. So we believe that the Lord is going to make all these children mighty warriors, army of people to reach out to God. So pray for us. And I challenge you to go with great God, mighty God. He will never let you down. So don't get discouraged in any circumstances. Our God is a mighty God. God bless you, Pastor Byron and Let's pray. Let's look to the Lord. Look to the Lord and Him alone. Don't look anywhere else. Our God is mightier than any powers of this world. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time together with your children to worship you in this power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you. Now, I pray for every man, woman, boy, and girl in this congregation that you power mighty blessings on them in the days to come. Deliver, from, uh, deliver them from the snares of the devil and help them go in faith and reach out the land for the glory of your name, dear Lord. Bless them mightily. Give them an abundance of uh, abundance in their lives and give them victory over sickness or any other problem they are having. Give them victory in the name of Jesus. I claim that victory for your people, dear Lord. Bless them and glorify them and fill their hearts with your power to go forward. Bless the leaders of the church and everyone who are here this morning. Bless you, Lord. We glorify your name, Lord. We worship you, God. We give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.